I'm Jeff Rudes, and I had an NDE. Uh, my NDE took place about 20 years ago. I was alone in my apartment at the time. I had a girlfriend, and of course, I had a family that I could have counted on back then. But I came to a point in my life where I decided I didn't want to be in life anymore. So I decided to attempt to take my own life. The things that led up to this are really not so important. They're also not very relevant to this story at all. Um, so I'm going to leave that out. But I took as many pills as I could find, basically. I took a, an entire family pack of antihistamines. I think it was 62 pills or so back then. I took a good handful of painkillers, pretty much anything I could find to uh, do the job. And something strange happens when so many antihistamines come into play. The body uh, does some pretty strange stuff, or I should say the brain reacts to them pretty strangely, at least it did for me. I sat down on my couch and ended up laying on my couch because I felt really, really tired, wanted to sleep, and had the TV on. And on the TV, there was a little comedy movie with uh, Santa Claus on it, strangely enough. That's one thing that I really remember before I closed my eyes. I remember thinking, hmm, well, that's nice. I'm just going to go to sleep now and never wake up. So that's what I did. I fell asleep. At some point, and I'm really not sure how long it was, uh, I woke up, and this was clearly the effect of the antihistamines. Uh, I started to hallucinate. Um, I really can't say exactly what the hallucina hallucinations were. There was only one hallucination that I fairly remember to a somewhat clear point, but it's still extremely foggy in my head. I really only remember pretty much what kind of happened. I went into the bathroom and I thought I was giving a little kid a bath. I thought I was watching a kid or something, doing some babysitting apparently is what I was thinking in my hallucinatory state. And I started filling the bathtub up and I saw the kid in the bath and I was giving it a bath. And well, lo and behold, after this entire experience, I found out that I was actually giving the bathroom rug a bath and it clogged the the um the tub well the tub overflowed went into the apartment downstairs and the tenant under me at the time called the police i can't remember too much about the police visit either most of what i can remember there is that they were walking around i remember them asking me if i was on the planet mars and i remember them more or less just trying to make sure that I wasn't a danger to myself or anyone else. Lo and behold, they didn't know what I was trying to do. And uh, they left. This was an area, a small suburb outside of Chicago that was pretty, yeah, drugs. What drugs was like a daily thing there. So it really wasn't that important for them. I was just another kid whacked out. So some time had passed. Honestly, I'm not really sure how long. Uh, I was completely out of my head at that point. Uh, my brain was not functioning correctly. It, it's obvious to me now. Uh, it's taken me many, many years to try and piece this stuff together. What happened before and what happened after, essentially. And I could tell it was daytime because I remember looking at the window and seeing light. There's really not too much more to that. At some point... I remember sitting on the couch, and this is where things started to clear up. It's where I started to really have a recollection of everything. 
I sat on the couch. I looked up at the ceiling, up into the corner, and I saw a little black dot. And I kind of thought, oh, what is that? Well, that's cool. And I kept looking at it. I kept looking at it. I couldn't really look away. Thought to myself, I kept thinking, what is that? What is that? And as I did that, the black dot started getting bigger and bigger and bigger as if it was coming towards me. And I realized at some point it was coming towards me. And as it was coming towards me, I started to be able to make out details, not absolutely every detail, but what I saw was a figure, a very large figure uh, in a black robe with very long black flowing hair and a elongated face with elongated fingers. And as it got closer, some of these details started coming clearer for me. Uh, the skin on this figure was at least it seemed like skin to me, or that's the only way I can define it. Uh, the skin was white and black cracked as if it was like dried cracked ash. That was the same on the hands as the face and the, the really elongated face had a very deep black holes where the eyes would be. And uh, anybody who knows Grim Reaper or Angel of Death or whatever will know that this is pretty much what I'm probably talking about. It, it seems to me that that's what it was in my later recollection, at least our definition of it. So it continued getting closer. I wasn't scared. You might think that that somebody in this situation would be totally scared. They would be very nervous at seeing something like that. I, I really wasn't. I felt like a friend was coming. Death, I'll just name it that, sat in a chair that was next to the couch. We also had a chair next to the couch and it actually sat there looked at me. And I remember that we had a conversation. Honestly, I don't remember what the conversation was. Uh, again, I don't think it was important at the time, but we didn't talk with our mouths. And it, it also had a mouth. It was more like a slit, but it had a mouth. And we were basically communicating telepathically. After a time had passed, again, I'm not sure how long. I know that we had conversed for a time, though, Time was a strange feeling at this moment. I really didn't have a feeling of time. I knew that there should be, but I didn't have it. And at some point, death just pointed its finger right at my face. And pretty much instantaneously, I was transported or teleported or whatever. I was just in another place. I didn't see a tunnel or anything like that. I was just poof there. And this place, as I got there, uh, was bright. It was white, whiter than white, I guess you could say. And it was so bright. Um, and the, the feelings here was extremely hard to explain. We only really have one word for it, and that's love. I felt it throughout me, in me, around me, everywhere. And this place went out into, I, I saw no end to it. And there was a person standing next to me, or at least someone. My focus went to them. I'm not a particularly religious person, uh, really not hardly at all, but this person, especially back then, I was absolutely not religious. Especially back then, for me to feel this amount of love where I was in my life, especially even more, I, I would have expected it to be absolutely impossible. Yeah. So again, I looked at this figure who was standing next to me. And they had sort of long flowing brown hair and uh, it looked like kind of a white 
robe, I would say, but, you know, I didn't see any folds in it or anything. I, I just don't know how else to explain that. But the face was blurred. I couldn't see the face. And I would say, you know, if, if you look at pictures and paintings of Jesus, I could say, well, maybe it was Jesus. I'm really not sure. It was also not introduced to me at that point in time. I don't think it was important. Yeah. So this person, we conversed again, or we conversed as well. And again, this was another telepathic conversation. There was no, there were no words. There was no sound really to it or anything like that. We were again teleported. Well, this time together. <laughs> and this person next to me was standing in front of a bubble. It was a really big, basically human-sized bubble, I would say. And I was there with them. And we were looking at this bubble. And I remember conversing again and some more. And still having this flowing, amazing feeling of love. And everything, again, was bright and white. Uh, with the exception of that I saw some buildings in the background. At least they appeared to sort of be buildings to me. I'm not really sure how big or how high they were. There, That really wasn't the focus of the moment. But I realized I was somewhere where there, where there were buildings. And... Again, we were looking in this basically human-sized bubble and conversing, and I looked inside of the bubble, and I saw a person. It took me a little bit of time to contemplate. It took me some time, I don't know, to realize, but that person was me. So I was standing there talking to a person, looking at myself in a bubble. One of the cool things about this bubble, as I started to notice it, as I started to really look at it, was it had flowing, moving colors, sort of like a soap bubble in the sun, if you've seen that. But the colors, I can't explain them. They were, there were colors there that I've never seen here uh, in my entire life. And as I started concentrating on that, I also realized that the buildings in the background had sort of different shades of white. I started to see some details. And after I had realized that this bubble was there, I, or at least I, as I looked at the details, I looked at me that was in the bubble and I was sort of laying in a uh, fetal position sort of, but on my back sort of, uh, yeah, just sort of really comfortable. And I had a smile on my face and my eyes were also closed inside the bubble. I had a smile on my face that I'll never forget. It was really uh, sort of like this, the, the Buddhist smile that you might see on Buddha that's very content and just happy. And yeah, so that took a little bit of time. I spent a little bit of time there with this person. We continued to converse and converse. And at some point, I saw someone behind me. Now, I didn't turn my head. I just saw them behind me as if I had eyes in the back of my head. And this person was just standing back, looking at the two of us, just very patiently standing there. And I remember then sort of being a part of all three, myself, the one in the bubble, and the one behind me. So I was basically looking at myself in a bubble, having a conversation with somebody, looking at myself, doing this whole thing, a three-part person, basically. It seemed strange to me at that moment, and it didn't take long until we transported or teleported somewhere else. This next place was a, a big open wide field and now where we're flying uh we had our arms out as if we were playing airplane you know like a little kid that would play airplane run around the yard well we were flying over a field 
fairly high. I could see that it was a field. And here is where I could feel more than just love. I could feel that love in the air again through me and in me, but I also felt the warmth of of this light. I felt a physical warmth at that point. And the smells there, I could actually smell it now. It, it was the most beautiful wet forest or wet grass smell that you've ever smelled in your life. There, there's, there's really no way to completely explain it. This was also just going through me. It wasn't like I was smelling with my nose. It was like I was experiencing the smell. And we flew along for a while, and I could see everything was moving really fast because you could see the grass was moving and moving and moving. And we came to a forest. The forest was to my left side. And I remember looking over to the person that was still flying with me with our arms stretched out, kind of seemingly having some fun. And I looked down at the forest and I saw a group of people in a small clearing inside the forest. And immediately I went down there. It only took a split second and I was there with them. And it was it was a party. It was like a bunch of people in like medieval style closing, clothing. Now I find that maybe a little strange, but apparently I could relate to that. And we were dancing and having fun and that really didn't last very long. And again, with these people, I couldn't see any faces. Uh, they were all blurred. And however, I could smell the, the forest as well in, in the same way as the field, as more like experiencing that smelling it. I could smell the dew on the leaves. I could smell the wetness in the trees. It was the most beautiful forest I've ever experienced. And that went on for a very short time. And then I went back up to flying with my arms stretched out still. But this time, the person who was with me wasn't with me anymore. I was by myself. And I began flying faster and faster. And I remember seeing the the trees go by faster and faster, you know, you, how you see everything starts to blur. And I remember looking off into the horizon and seeing a line of separation. This line of separation was sort of a gray-blue. And I remember flying faster and faster and pretty much dive-bombing into that horizon. After that, I don't remember anything about the NDE. Now, I can say afterwards, uh, I was a skeptic at that time, an extremely strong skeptic. I chose to ignore the NDE. Um, a lot of people ask me, well, how can you ignore an NDE? How can you ignore something so profound like that? Well, it's actually pretty easy. If you see it with a strongly skeptical mind, you can dismiss pretty much anything that comes and smacks you in the face. You can still ignore it. I chose to call it part of the hallucination. I just said, oh, I just had a hallucination. That was nothing. No. And some time went by. Of course, I went to a clinic and got help for depression and stuff like that since I did try to take my own life. And it really didn't help. Uh, the only thing that really helped was having that experience in me. Like I said, I really did not try to acknowledge it at that point, but I don't think that mattered. I don't think that that was the point of my NDE. The point of my NDE was to re remind me that I'm alive and that life is joyful, uh, no matter how hard it gets. And it gets hard sometimes, I know, but that was... I think the reason for my NDE, and after year after years of reflecting on it, I came to the conclusion that it was an NDE. I could admit that self. I 
I could admit that to myself after some time and started to reflect on the NDE itself. And I really don't have to reflect on it too much. I even telling this story right now, I, I don't need notes. It's, it's all so clear to me in my head uh, as if it happened yesterday, as if it could happen tomorrow. That was the difference between the NDE that I had and the hallucinations. The hallucinations were muddied and cloudy and my sensations were blocked. I couldn't feel much. I couldn't smell anything. I have hardly any recollection at all of the hallucinations. But as soon as the NDE started, my mind was clear. I can remember a lot of it. Uh, through the years, some details have been lost. Uh, and again, I think that's irrelevant to my life. I think the point of it was really just to show me life is can be fun and important. So I'd also like to say, if there's anyone out there watching this that is at a place where it seems like nothing can go right, I know that you don't care about anything at all. And being at that point, I also know how dark and depressing it is. But the thing I have to say there is, if you're already to that point where nothing matters, what do you have to lose? Go out and live. There's no reason to stop there. You're here to live, so live. If you have nothing else to worry about, you don't have to worry about money. You can go do whatever you want. You want to go skydiving? Go skydiving. You want to take an ocean cruise? Take an ocean cruise. Do whatever it is because you've got nothing else to lose. That's something that I sort of took with me. Uh, I was a bit more practical about it back then after the experience, but that is something that I've done throughout my life. I've continued to live and to live as much as I can, live a full life, steer clear from things that uh, might be dangerous to me and whatnot, because I know if I'm going to live life, I can't do things dangerous that are going to take my life. That's pretty much what I'd like to say about that. Uh, another small comment for those who may be watching this that know someone who's gone that way, who's decided to take their own life, just know that there, at least in my experience, I can say there, there's no hell, there's no damnation for taking your own life. There's, there's no crazy thing, whatever religion wants to tell you. The only thing that I did think about afterwards, and also in researching a few NDEs after that, uh, I sort of spontaneously researched NDEs after that as they became more and more available over the years, is that you may have to experience, or that person may have to experience, of course, the, the pain that they spread in taking their own life. There's always someone. There's always someone there for someone who wants to do that, someone who's to that point. There's always loved ones there, although it doesn't seem apparent at the moment, and they will be hurt by something like that. So, I mean, that's pretty much the only repercussion, and I think it comes from the self. I can't be positive I didn't have that in my experience, but that's what I think about it. And yeah, that was pretty much the end of my NDE.